Well, hello, hello, everyone. This is Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc, and I want to welcome you to another podcast episode of Straight Talk. So today I want to talk to you because this episode is about breast cancer awareness and what you need to know. Every October, people all over the world show their support for everyone affected by breast cancer. And you can normally tell that because you'll see pink bracelets, pink outfits, uh, everything pink. I know where I work at, every Friday for the month of October, we wear pink and that's showing our support. And today I am proud to have Dr. Julie Roth, who is a family practice physician with Sharpree Steely here to talk with us today about breast cancer. How are you doing, Dr. Roth? I am doing well. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So uh, the one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about was I want to make sure everyone understands because as a nurse, I've had people come to me and they're like, you know, uh, what exactly is breast cancer? It seems like it should be definitely known what it is, but go ahead and, and explain. Let the listeners really know what breast cancer is. Okay, so breast cancer is a type of cancer uh, that affects men and women, actually, and it uh, attacks our, our normal cells in our breast and um, mutates them abnormally and causes abnormal growth development of, you know, these abnormal cells um, that can, you know, look first as like small little calcifications on mammography and then turn into larger tumors. And they just kind of can take over the breast. It's a, actually usually a slow process. You know, it's probably going on for many months, to, if not years. Um, other forms are more aggressive and happen um, fairly rapidly. Um, so it just takes over our normal cells and um, will erode away the breast if you do nothing about it. You know, it could take a very long time for that to happen. But um, the good news is in our modern era, there's a lot of, you know, treatments and uh, uh uh, ways to you know catch it early and treat it um, right. and many women are living like quote-unquote survivors um, living with you know they've had breast cancer and they can live with it or um, have it managed and treated for many years right now one of the things that you said and, and I'm glad you said it early on because whenever we talk about this everyone thinks females mm -hmm. everyone thinks women I'm glad that you said mm -hmm. that males can also have this happen. Talk a little bit about that so that the guys understand, you know, what it means. Right. So, yeah, I've, I've actually yeah, had one patient with that. So um, it's one, you know, it's one in eight women. You know, if you want to talk numbers, I remember growing up, I think it was like one in 10. You hear these, you know, numbers one in 10. And now we're at one in eight women in the United States. I mean, that's a lot of women. For right. men, the numbers are about one in 833. So it's a lot lower, but 2,600 men of a year, roughly, in the U.S. get diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, usually those are found as a lump, like the man, like something is not normal in their breast and, or their chest wall, and there's a lump. And, it, you know, sure, lo and behold, it um, can be cancer. A lot of younger men have, um, you know, some uh, growth of um, gynecomastia, which that it's always a fear that they have um, breast cancer, but it's it's not uh, cancerous. Okay, okay. So the big thing that I, I think a lot of people need to know also is, do we know yet exactly why people are getting this? Well, the, so that 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 goes back to statistics too. So it's probably multifactorial. So if you look at stats. It'll talk, you know, everyone's worried about genetics and their family history. Well, 80, 
breast cancer, there's no family history. So most women, there's no family history. But if you do have a family history, it does put you at a higher risk. Um, There are genetic mutations, and you've heard of those BRCA1 and BRCA2. I think Angelina Jolie made those kind of popular home uh, terms. Um, So those are like 5 to 10% are these genetic mutations that can occur. But it's our DNA kind of mutates. So it's multifactorial, but, you know, the things I've listened to some of your podcasts now, like brain health, well, it goes the brain health, heart health, all of that. Same for breast health, um, can, you know, cancer prevention. Um, right. I'm glad, you know, one, number one, I think uh, when our body is sleeping, which I neglected for many years because I was a medical student and a mom and blah, blah, blah. But many years I didn't get enough sleep. But sleep is when our body heals and repairs. So if you are one that puts sleep on the back burner, the first thing I want everyone that's listening our sleep is probably our number one thing we're neglecting. We all want to work out. I'd be in the gym at 10 at night. I'd be running to train for marathons at 10 at night and then work all day. That's wrong. I had it all backwards. I needed to get to bed. So we need to sleep probably number one, because that's when our body cleans out and repairs our bad DNA. And then number two, of course, what we eat. I've been vegan for many years. That's not the answer for everyone, but eating just more plants, eat more vegetables. Like your mom said, eat your fruits and veggies, and then everything else will fall into place. I don't try to um, have patients like make dramatic life um, style changes, but I just try to encourage them to start eating more fruits and vegetables because there's a lot of antioxidants and um, things in fruits and vegetables that helps our body heal and repair. And then, you know, exercise, you know, getting, you know, getting connected, things to just be as healthy as you can to help your body uh, prevent or heal from if you do have cancer right now there are a couple of things that i want to just go over because uh i think it's important there's three things that i know that i've normally talked with patients about and i'm sure you have as well the first thing i want to do is talk about touch so Mm -hmm. when we talk about touch we're talking about you know self exams and things of that Mm -hmm. nature not just when you go to the doctor talk a little bit about self exams so the, the guidelines are out there that, um, you know, we should kind of know our breast. Um, doing self-breast exams, though, on a regular basis that we might not pick up as much as we think. So the best, so feeling your breast, kind of being aware, but you don't have to be checking like every day or every week. But for the average woman, if you want to know what your breasts feel like and what's normal, the best time to do that is to feel, uh, you know, do your exam like the week after your menstrual cycle. So that's the best time to touch and feel and kind of get to know what's going on. Now, younger women on average, or some women have just more dense or glandular breasts. And so you're going to feel the first time you check, you're going to be feeling like all this stuff and think there's something wrong with me. So we get a lot of women in our uh, clinics, which is fine. If a woman calls and says, I have a lump or something changing in my breast, we get them in right away and we examine them. A lot of times it's just their normal glandular tissue. I have had some funny, great stories from that. Like one woman, she came in for you know her first exam and she was convinced she had a lump in her breast and she was feeling her rib. So uh. <laughs> some, they find like sometimes we, you know, have more of a workup and a worry when we start examining our breasts. Right. So they say, you know, it's good to, to check, but it's, there's no study to really show that 
like checking all the time makes that much difference. Right. You could, um, they do recommend like having an exam in the office about every three years. That's where some of the guidelines are saying, you know, come in every three years and have a clinical exam. But the, um, the average, you know, the, the gold standard is still having a mammogram. And the big thing I want people to, to really know from this is do not be afraid if you believe that something's going on to contact your physician. Exactly. And that's where I have so many examples of this. I've had women and it's just so sad. They, you know, they call our office and they're maybe embarrassed or men. I've had, you know, man with testicle cancer, right. but we're, we're talking about breast cancer. But they call and say, hey, I want a physical exam because they're embarrassed to say they don't want to talk about it. Um, and then they wait three months for a physical exam. We're, we're trying to change all that. But um, if you have a concern, just please let your doctor know. You, there's so much, you know, if you're, you don't want to talk to somebody, you can book online. Just reach out. You should never be embarrassed about anything that's going on in your body. We've, we might not have seen it all or done it all, but we'll help you. We'll guide you through it. And don't be embarrassed. Right. And, and the biggest thing I know, I've heard so many wonderful things about you is, you make your, your patients feel comfortable. And, and that's the ideal thing. You want to make sure that you and your physician, you have a good uh, relationship and yep. you feel comfortable because th this is somebody that you need to be able to talk to when you need to talk to them. Exactly. Okay, so we talked about touch. I want you to also discuss a little bit about look, looking for changes. Mm -hmm. what, what's that? What's that like? So when you look at your breasts that, you know, some of us have, a lot of us have uneven breasts. That's fair, you know, fairly normal. Not uh, everyone is symmetric or perfect, but when you look um, in the mirror, they should be like the same on, you know, like rounded. There shouldn't be any dimples. Like it shouldn't go be indented like a sign. That's kind of a later, sometimes a later stage of cancer, but the skin might be retracted or dent dimpled in. Um, or the nipple is going in where it normally was going out before, but you know, some, everybody's nipples are different, but some, right. if it starts going inverted or like retracting, that's not normal. A rash, it's rare, but there's a, you know, a Paget's disease of the breast. There's other, um, superficial, like skin changes. So if you have a skin change, that should always be checked. Um, Look in the mirror, raise your arms over your head and look for symmetry, like it should, they should move the same up and down and not be like stuck in one area. But again, that would, that's usually a later stage of breast cancer. Now, the question I have is one of the, the signs I know also is pain. Yes. So it, does pain happen early on or is it a later stage? It's like, you know, we get a lot of breast changes throughout our monthly cycle where you have a lot of aches and pains. Right. Um, if you have pain in one isolated area, not um, localized, not uh, in sync with a menstrual cycle or, or that nature, that could be more concerning. But most of the time, breast pain is not a sign of cancer. Okay. Like, I had pretty big tumors in my breast and I had no pain. I didn't feel a thing. Right. So most of the time there, there's, there's not much pain. Um, and then I've had a woman, like an elderly woman that had, you know, uh, pretty large mass in her breast and she you know she, I don't know if maybe we ignore these things or just block it out but she really had minimal pain until you know it really affected her skin but um, yeah there's not usually much pain it's like the silent killer kind of like heart disease or having a you know high blood pressure you don't feel it you don't know what's going on right. until it happens you know you have a stroke or a heart attack from high blood pressure 
the same with breast cancer. Again, our gold standard going back, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, is the mammogram. Right. So I, I just want to put it out there again. You know, when we talk about three different things that you, you want to be aware of is touch, look, and check. Mm-hmm. Check okay. any changes with your family practice, mm-hmm. internist, mm-hmm. with your doctor. Make sure that you do contact them. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you want to make sure that you do this earlier rather than later. Yeah, your ob too. A lot of our uh, female patients see their ob for their annuals, and that, that, that's who saved me was the ob nurse practitioner. <laughs> so. Okay, okay. Now, one of the, the things that we were talking about, and I know this is, I can remember my mom talking about the fact, oh, they're getting ready to squeeze me, mm. you know, or you hear it where, oh, I'm getting ready to get all crushed. And these are different terms that I've heard from women. Mm. I want you to talk to us about the mammograms. And, and if you can, because my understanding mm. is mammograms have changed from the old days, so to speak. So I um, have had, I've had only like four or five now. So I had one when I was about 40. Uh, 38, 40, yeah, around 40. And I remember I was really, when they did it, it was super uncomfortable, but it was, I was sore afterwards. So for me, it was a few days, like for a few days afterwards, it felt very, my breast felt sore, but it's super awkward. It's super, I, I'm pretty modest person, you know, for Mm -hmm. most of us, like you, you're very um, exposed. I mean, they do it very, um, uh, uh, you know, t- tastefully. And the, the techs are awesome. The, the technicians do a great job. But you feel so exposed. You know, you feel really weird. They're smushing your breast down. And, right. and they're, they're, they're really nice. And they talk to you the whole time saying, how are you doing? Can I, you know, I need to go a little tighter. And then they take their images. And the standard mammogram for a woman with no breast implants it's just two, like two images on each side. So it's usually two adjustments. That's not too terrible. Like, you know, and it takes about five minutes, you know, getting there, mm-hmm. driving there, you know, changing your clothes, waiting at radiology, all that takes longer than the actual mammogram. So, right. but it can be uncomfortable. And then once the pressure's released, you know, from the, the squeeze, it's usually fine. Um, when my, with my second mammogram, which diagnosed my cancer, that, um, I didn't really feel like nothing was really bothering me. (laughs) I didn't know anything was wrong at the time. And uh, I I, I don't know if I was like, my mind was uh, less aware, but uh, it wasn't that painful. But, you know, that pain for if you, it is uncomfortable, you could take some Tylenol ahead of time, or you can do some cool compresses afterwards. It, um, it's really life-saving and worth it to just get that, that done because um, the pain and suffering if you do have cancer and you didn't catch it soon enough, that's, that's definitely a lot worse. Right, right. Now, one of the things I know that uh, has been where I've seen more and more people, and we've seen quite a few celebrities. So, of course, everyone mm-hmm. was making a big deal when they saw the celebrities doing this. Explain why some women have decided to have their breasts removed versus dealing with breast cancer. So, well, there's two, you know, things if you like preventive removal, 
Right. Yeah. So if they have those, those genetic markers, so we're doing a lot of that also, you know, within medicine. Now you can um, see, you know, if you have a strong family history of certain cancers or clusters of cancer, breast and breast and ovarian in particular, they can do the genetic testing and see if you carry those genes. And if you do carry those genes, that does put you at a much higher risk. And so women have to, you know, can make that decision ahead of time and decide, do I um, want to have a prophylactic mastectomy bilateral, you know, because you have to take both of them out um, in order to reduce my risk of getting breast cancer. So I think that was um, Angelina Jolie's big thing that she had a really high risk of that because it's about like, if you have the mutation, it's like 72% risk, you know, to have breast cancer. And that's really high if you know that and you're living with that. And that's also, you know, when you have genetic counseling, you'll talk to the genetic counselor to decide, is this for you? Because once you get this information, you need to know what you're going to do with it before you get the information, because then you're a lifetime of worry if you don't do anything with it. But at least you kind of know you're at higher risk if you do have that genetic mutation. And so that's, that's a big decision. And so doing it prophylactically before you get cancer, doing when you're healthy, get your breast tissue um, removed. Sometimes they um, can say, you know, keep the nipple. I think most of those, they save your nipple before they just take all the tissue out and then some stay flat and others have implants. So then you get an implant, you look fairly, you know, normal. Right. And I know that a lot of times uh, the big thing that comes with the, with all of this for a woman is, um, you know, the psychological aspect of it from, you know, am I still going to be a woman? You know, do I, do I feel, do people see me as a woman? So I know that's always a big concern whenever something like this occurs, but I, I do like the fact that with, um, uh, plastic surgery and things of that nature Mm -hmm. now, they are able to help women with that decision, feel better about the decision. Right. And the surgeons are uh, like they're masters of the, what they do. Um, it's definitely an art in that area. They're artists or um, more than scientists, but they combine it both uh, both very well. Um, you're never going to look the same. It's, you know, um, but a lot of those reconstructions come out really, um, really nice. Um, I've uh, yeah, kind of did like a partial reconstruction, but um, it's something, you know, you just you don't let it define you, you know, you right. just, you, you were just happy to be alive and try to, you know, be able to exercise again and be strong than um, your breasts. So I never, yeah. So. And, and that's the important part because, you know, the biggest thing I look at is uh, being alive and still being able to be there with your family and mm-hmm. your friends and, and things of that nature. That's so important. So, so important. From, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of health. You, you, you see it every day in neurology. Um, we see, it, you know, the whole spectrum. You have people come in your office, they're well-dressed, their hair, they're great. But on the inside, they might have all kinds of health problems. You, you just don't know. Right. Um, so our, we're pretty good at um, camouflaging some of our flaws correct. or imperfections, I'll say. Correct, correct. Now, I want you to talk about... And we've talked about touch, look, check. But now I want to talk about the fact that people during the pandemic, I know that we had a lot of individuals that decided, you know what, I'm not going to the doctor. Uh, Individuals that may have felt something different, seen something different, and just made that decision that they were not going to go in because of the pandemic. 
I want you to talk about how important it is to still get your checkups. Yes. So, and that was that, you know, it was, uh, we had to shut down some of those routine mammograms. So we probably, you know, unfortunately, um, routine mammograms across all healthcare organizations were probably um, withheld for a while. And so now, you know, things have definitely opened up. And if you need your routine mammogram, please call. We're even at Sharp, Sharpie Steely doing the walk-ins right now during the month of October. But call, get your routine mammogram. Ours is self-referral now, unless there's a problem. If you have a concern, you just need to call and get either an appointment with your doctor or call and get your screening mammogram. Um, Definitely, you you know, all of our preventive care, it's for a reason. Our, Our government... Uh, does not spend money on things very easily, but if they just do agree to pay, pay for breast, you know, mammograms, colon cancer screening, cervical cancer screening, and lung cancer screening, it means it saves money in the long run. So that's a benefit. If we catch something early, we're going to save money. And medicine, uh, unfortunately, it, there is a lot of money um, involved in all the a lot of these guidelines. So put money aside and your health comes first. If something is wrong or you need, you're due for your preventive screening, you need to call and get that done. Um, The guidelines on that are, that's where there's a little confusion. Uh, If you Google or whatever, whatever you, whatever research engine you use, you know, breast cancer screening, you're going to get several opinions. Um, or uh, recommendations from big uh, medical organizations. And that's where uh, the U.S. Preventive Task Force kind of let me down. Um, So the U.S. Preventive Task Force is, they look, you know, huge populations of people. Their recommendation, and this is all for average risk women that we don't have a family history and we're just getting our, we just want our screening mammogram. The U.S. Preventive Task Force says, you know, start at age 50. And that's Mm -hmm. what I, kind of did I but in the back of my mind for the previous five years I kept saying to myself I really should get a mammogram but I'm like well U.S. Preventive Task Force says you can actually wait till 50 and you know you you have less of a chance of having a false positive so that's where U.S. Preventive Task Force is so you, you know that's one guideline or recommendation is starting at age 50 and you can do it every year or every other year the other, and then you go to um, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. They recommend at age forty. Okay, so right. that there's a big you know, that's a ten year big, big difference. difference. So, and so when you look at that, you say, well, why why do they say that? And so it's kind of confusing. And then the American uh, Cancer Society, their recommendation is at forty five. And you would think, well, the Cancer Society should be sooner, but Theirs is for average age, average women, average risk, 45. And and then there's a lot of stuff broken down in there. Um, And so, and then the American College of Radiologists, they they usually want you in at age 40 as well. So I think, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to your OB-GYN, talk to the nurse practitioner and make a decision. You can, you know, talk about family history um, and and that's where I, you know, there's also these risk calculators you put in your age, the age, if you had children, you put in the age of your first child, if you breastfed, you know, if you're, uh, anyways, you put in all these numbers and it kind of spits out a number and tells you how, what your risk is. And I was always very, very low risk on that. Right. Like, cause I had kids at a young age, I breastfed them. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty low risk. I, I'm not, 
too worried about breast cancer. I'll, I'm more worried about skin cancer. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, well, I'm so glad that, that, you know, the biggest thing that I'm getting out of this is do your checks. Yep. If there's anything you feel that's not right, check with your physician. Always. Don't, you know, I want to say don't, you know, not knocking any of these organizations, but mm-hmm. you know your body and hopefully your physician knows your body as well. So if things are going on, just check with your physician and then let that be your guide as to when uh, you may need one or if you have to have one. And we're talking about mammograms. Yep. Talking about mammograms. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Roth. I am so happy that you were able to be here with us and uh, pass this information on. I want to let everyone know that one of the sites that I, I, I routinely go to and, and, and look at is the National Breast Cancer Foundation Incorporated. So you can go to nationalbreastcancer.org uh, to look up information regarding breast cancer. Uh, you can also, once again, I will not just continue to say it, seek advice from your physician if needed. All right. I want to thank you for being here with this episode of Straight Talk. And I have been your host, Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc. Everyone take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks, DJ Doc. All right. (laughs) Stay.